Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Daily Thread. Monday, day number, what, like 38 with no sun? I don't know, but it's Rishchodesh uh, Shvat. It is. Uh, you know, and, and you know we're gonna have two b'shvat in two weeks, and yeah. really, that's really a tipping point on the on the calendar. You're kind of like headed towards spring. Oh yeah, believe it or not. Yes. This, if we're heading towards spring already, I mean, like this winter has been pretty good. Uh, well, first of all, I was talking about Eretz Yisrael. Number one, number I'll, two, uh, I'll whatever the Sutton. You know, but but you know, but you know, I'll tiftach pele There's been no snow. I was driving on the Belt Parkway yesterday from Brooklyn. And you have all that, that mountain of salt that's ready for the salt spreaders to yeah. use on the icy roads. It's just as high as it was about a year ago, you know? Right. Haven't used any salt, and there's a tremendous loss of overtime for the sanitation department workers. Really? We don't get to, you know, they don't they don't get to salt the, uh, the, the, the Belt Parkway and the roadways, which creates potholes, which creates flat tires, which I... Had yesterday, you saw the. Uh, oh, you had a flat tire yesterday. We'll show the picture. That's pretty. It was a pretty bad well, one. If you want to show the picture, you can show the picture. You know, uh, I, it, it's expensive tires on this car. Uh, it's uh, I don't even want to say how much a tire is, but how much is a tire, Abba? I don't know. I don't want to say. I said uh, how much? How much is a tire? These tires, brand new, they run about four hundred and fifty dollars for a it tire. Uh, and it's just crazy, and this is the second time this happened to me. You know, but this happened in Harlem. Okay, I didn't know where I was. Well, you were in Harlem. I didn't. I knew where I, I knew I was in Harlem, but I didn't know what to do next. Okay, I called AAA. Yeah, and they told me that I stopped paying membership a long time ago. What do you AAA for? My car, my car starts all the time. Right. My car hasn't not started probably for for forty five years. Forty five years ago was the last time I couldn't stop my car in the morning. When's the last time you couldn't start your car in the morning because it was too cold? I don't think ever. No, oh, you see, you're a young guy. You don't. You, oh. I'm surprised you didn't say to me, what? It happens that a car can't start sometimes? No, yeah, it, sometimes a car can't start. Well, push to start ones or, I mean, like, first of all. Anytime. It's too cold sometimes and it doesn't turn over. That's all. It needs a, needs a jump. You know what a jump is? Jumper cables? You know yeah, what I know is? what a jump is, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, those things used to happen a lot, especially when you drove. So you stopped paying for AAA. Cars. I stopped paying AAA. I don't know when they would have come anyway. Genesis, I have, I'm driving a Hyundai, so yeah. Genesis has their own road service. Right. So I called the phone, emergency phone number. When you when you lease or buy a Genesis, it gives you five years of road service. Right. Uh, but it was Sunday morning, so they told me to leave a message. <laughs> you know, yeah, I could okay. have still been sitting there right now. Yeah. Uh, well, waiting, waiting for them to call me back. Luckily, you got you got a new tire and you got here. So let's let's get to our our first story for oh, the yes. day. Um, Obviously, you know, unfortunate news happened over the weekend. Thursday at around 5.30, uh, people started becoming aware that there was a plane that was missing that had left from JFK on the way to Cleveland. Um, And unfortunately, the lives of of two pillars of the Jewish community in Cleveland, uh, Ben Chaifetz and Baruch Taub, were tragically lost. Uh, The plane was found in a a wooded area of of Westchester amidst trees. Um, Masaskim went, they took care of the scene and... I know that Ben Chavitz's Leviah was Friday, and I think Baruch Taub's Leviah was Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's tragic. You know, anytime something like this happens, it's sort of like a grenade exploding, and those who are closest to it get hit with the shrapnel the most. I know, obviously, this affects the entire class, or it affects their families more than we can imagine. But uh, the community in Cleveland is, is is reeling from a loss like this. Well, you know, we're, we're a small... Close knit community, you know. I would even not not even say America. I would say globally. Yeah. Okay. And when something like this happens, it shakes everybody. You know, it shakes everybody. 
and of course it has immediate personal impact on the on on, on these gentlemen's uh, wives and their families and the greater community and uh, of course it it's it's uh, it makes us uh, you know uh, wonder you know why number one which is natural uh, but secondarily you have to uh, just uh, you know uh, it's a little passage of time you have to trust in Hashem and try to understand uh, it's beyond you have to understand this that's what I want to say Nachi you have to understand that it's not understandable yeah it's beyond our grasp you know someone explained to me uh, give a shout out to him is Rabbi Dove Oliver he explained to me I was in Muncie for Shabbos in, in Philipson Shul and uh, we were talking about this you know because you know it, it hit him pretty pretty hard and he was saying that uh, something that he was told about tragedies in general he said like you know, we don't know why Hashem does things. And if, if you were to, uh, if you were to, if someone were to walk into a room without prior knowledge, walk into a room and they see doctors cutting open, uh, cutting someone open and yeah. they're, 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 they're taking, taking, you know, a, a body out of this woman. And they're, you're like, what are they doing? They're killing this <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah, but, yeah. but that's, that's a C-section. That's, that's, yeah, that's, right. that's creating, that's life. Right. So, you know, this is um this is like that you know it's the process well, of uh, it's interesting you should mention that because it happens to coincide with the uh, you know the transition from the relationship Hashem had with the Elvis and the relationship he had with Moshe Rabbeinu what was the difference there was a big difference you know Rashi explains in the beginning of Eber which we lay in last Shabbos about the difference in the, uh, the how the Eberster revealed himself to Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov and how right. he revealed himself to Moshe. Uh, and and it was different. You would think that he would have been completely hundred percent open with Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov, considering that they were establishing Klal Yisrael, the whole identity of Klal Yisrael. But you see that it was different. And what was the one of the fundamental differences? It was explained somewhere. I don't remember where I saw it. But Hashem was trying to communicate to Moshe Rabbeinu that when he said, eh, yeah, when they said, when when Hashem, when Moshe asked him, why you told me that I should take Klal Yisrael out of Egypt. But now you, things got worse for them. Well, what are you doing to these? Why are you doing this to these people? So Hashem said, "You should just tell them that I am who I am." That's what that's what Hashem said in, in Hebrew, "Ehiyasha area." Right. And what what does that mean? It's very hard for us to understand. But Hashem sees the past, the present, and the future as one thing. All is one. Yeah. It's one. Now that's impossible for us to do, but to the best of to our ability. I'm not trying to excuse anything, but if you could see past, present, and future as one, you'd understand a great deal more. Right. Be more at peace with the human condition, I think. So I think that's, you know, that's obviously a work in progress and a, a spiritual response to this. And I think um, we should discuss here a little bit, you know, the response at the moment, I guess, the practical response that we have when things like this happen. Um, when something like this happens... When there's a tragedy unfolding and there are messages that are being sent around, um, I can tell you that I was on a, I was on a group. I was on a, not even a group. Uh, it, was, it was on our family group. Mm -hmm. Everyone was davening, right? right? Everyone was davening for, for right. these, uh, for these two. And you had messages going around even before the plane was found confirmed doa confirmed confirmed they already and the plane wasn't even the plane hadn't even been found yet and and like when people you like, like i just want to say like for though if you're one of those people that are sending around those messages of like oh confirmed doa like there's family there are people who are friends and family of these people 
you're sending on that message even before the plane was found or even before these people are found you're causing serious harm you're causing serious harm there's no upside to you sending out a message like that well there's there's a conflict uh people these people that that uh merchandise um that trade in disseminating information they're in the news business and you know just like everything else in society that really should not be in the Torah community, should not be in the firm community, is in the firm community today, that also uh, is also a leak into that uh, type yeah. of thing. We're both in the news business to an extent. I've for been sure. in the news business for uh, over 40, 45 years, uh, since I'm three. And mm. um, I've been in the news business a long time. And it's, it's different being in the, in the news business in the firm community, being in the general news business. But, uh, you know, sometimes the boat springs a leak. You know what happens, the boat sinks. But, um, but there's a different uh, responsibility that comes along with being in, in, in our news business. 100%. And, and, uh, and there, has to be, there has to be parameters and there has to be taste and there has to be sensitivity. You're not just in the news business the first to rush to the story. In the general media, you rush to the story, you get the story all wrong, yeah. and it's okay too. Yeah. Like, you know, for example, when, when Kobe Bryant had, had passed away in that accident, um, there are many conflicting reports. Both of his daughters were with him. One daughter was with him. Uh, this happened, that happened. And the family had found, they had found out from new sources what happened. And we have to be better than that. We cannot fall into that trap of of our news sources being like the, not the secular news sources where we're just trying to report stories as fast as it is without confirmation, without, without, you know, and I know, I know I'm not, I'm not calling out Jewish news websites. I know a lot of them do. They do um, check with the families. Make, they find out the families found out and they report the story. But I'm just saying like, we have to be extra cognizant and not even, not even the media, not even the media. It's, it's every individual, every single person that has one of these, that has a phone in their hands, that has uh, the ability to send a message out to people. Uh, you have the ability to really, really cause a lot of harm to people by just saying things. Well, you have to, we have to be respectful of the sanctity of life. And that yeah. means life that we're living. And that means that uh, if something like this happens and uh, people are no longer living, have to be uh, respected. Uh, the, the the people, the victims, have to be respected. Hundred uh, percent. You know, or, or the families have memories of them now, and um, of course, there's a tremendous amount of lessons to be learned. And a lot of people are thinking the same thing, but not everything has to be articulated. Yeah, you know, I, and we could we could just speak right to it. I think uh, a lot of people they say Dynamis and they go. But like a small plane like that, like that's not that's not the story. It was yeah. it was their time. But everybody's thinking that. I know, but that's not the story. It was their time. They Hashem, say, yeah, Hashem, but, Hashem runs the world, and it was their time. Let's not miss the message. Not let's not think. Oh, we know. I think the human psyche, or we we try to just justify things and rationalize things. Well, this is why something terrible won't happen to me because I wouldn't fly in a plane like that, and I wouldn't go in a car like that, and I wouldn't do this. That's not why things happen. That's how it happened. Listen. That's how Hashem decided for it to happen. But don't try to rationalize it. Don't try to justify it to make yourself feel better. You daven, you say Baruch Dynamis, and you, and, and you and, and you daven more. That's it. 
Don't get, you don't have to give a reason. You don't have to put a label and say, this is why this happened. Ah, but what's the first reaction when, when someone passes away? How old is he? He was 85. Oh, he was 85. That's we're why. Doing, we're, we're doing battle with human nature at the same of time. Of course. Okay? It's a war. Of course. And that's a big, that's a big struggle. So, uh, you know, that's something that we struggle with uh, every day. I mean, I know someone that flew in from Europe many years ago, 20, 25 years ago, flew in from Europe and uh, in the taxi on the Belt Parkway got into an accident and uh, they died in the taxi. You know, so, uh, uh, and in Israel, they say, because uh, unfortunately over the years, there's been many victims of terror. Right. You know, random victims of terror. Uh, right place, wrong time, wrong time, right place. I don't know what how to explain it. Right. But uh, they say in Israel that every bullet has a name on it. It's it's inscribed. For whatever the reason is, it goes back to what we said a few seconds ago, a few minutes ago, about past, present, and future being in the purview of Kaddish Baruch Hu as being one. Yeah. That's not, uh, that's not in, we're not built. We're not uh, built uh, uh, cerebrally. We're not built that way to be able to, to grasp anything like that. 100%. And yeah. And I think if anything could be taken from this, um, obviously you should dive in for these families. They, they, they should have the right. strength to, to move right. forward. But don't try to give things a reason just because you, you can't understand it. Just, you know, like the most important words are, I don't know. I don't know why this happened. You don't have to say it happened because of this reason or that reason. You don't know why, yeah, and that's is, fine. Silence is also good. Exactly, silence. You don't have to say anything. Uh, what else you got? What else you got? Well, I mean, uh, going to more mundane things. Uh, there's been like a political shakeup in in Washington. Um, very close aide to the chief of staff of President Biden, yeah. Ron Klain. Uh, you know, uh, his, uh, listen. His his, uh, all, all, his his original name is probably Klein. But he didn't want to sound too Jewish, so he made it Klein. Right. But Klein and Klein means the same thing. It means small. It means small. In Yiddish. Yeah. But it depends what your dialect is. You could say Klein. If you speak a regular Litvish Yiddish, it's Klein. If you speak a more Hasidic Yiddish, it's Klein. It's probably the only term I know in Yiddish. Just Klanakinde. <laughs> but it's the same it's the same. It's the same name. Anyway, Ryan Klein was very close aide to President Biden. He was his aide. He worked for him while he was in the Senate for many years. Yeah. So there's something going on that his chief of staff is leaving, you know, right after the State of the Union uh, address, which I think is happening at the end of uh, February. And it, the interesting thing is that he's being replaced by uh, another Jewish uh, young person uh, whose name is, um, what's his name? Jeff Zainz. Zainz. Z-I-E-N-T-S. I saw, I saw Shlomi Zainz had reported no, no, that he's not, re that yeah. he doesn't think they're related. Is that the same name? Is that the same name? It's, it's spelled differently. Oh, so, spelled so entirely differently. Is, um, what's his name? His name is, uh, what did I say? Jeff Zainz. Zainz. He guided the administration through its response to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. But what is he really known for? Zainz was the original investor in Call Your Mother, a chain of bagel shops, and remains the co-owner of a of a bunch of bagel shops in Washington D.C. Nice. This guy, if any question about his religion, now that he's the owner of bagel shops, you know, and, and the bagel shops are called "Call Your Mother," you know, <laughs> so you know where you know you know where he's at. Uh, yeah. And and uh, by the way, Biden so far is the only president of the last uh, since uh, that has all chief of staffs that are Jewish. So really, uh, okay, there's only a second chief of staff. But even Ronald Reagan, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, all had Jewish chiefs of staffs during their presidents, but not all. They eventually they 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 quit. They resign. Right. They go on to do something else. They take another position in the administration. But so far, uh, Joe Biden is sticking with the uh, with the Jews, so to speak. 
So uh, that was an interesting um, little tidbit of uh, information I thought I'd like to share. And of course, over in Israel, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu had to fire Arye Derry as the, he had two ministries. He was the health minister and the, um, I believe the finance minister, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the high court ruled that uh, he has to, he can't serve as a uh, minister because he has a criminal. Uh, right, because he sat in jail. So, but he's still a member of the Knesset and he's still going to be powerful. Right. I don't know why, I don't know why they just didn't, I suspect that he's going to be doing the same exact job. and just going to change the name, you know. Okay. Make him, you know, make him, make him chief of uh, chief uh, uh, cook and bottle washer, but he'll still act as finance minister. <laughs> he'll still act as finance minister and and health minister because that's just a, a political game that they uh, that they're playing. Um, what else do you have? Oh, one more. There thing is I a have, if I'm Washington, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, the Democrats, you know, the Republicans have the majority in the House, and they're going to appoint members of all the different uh, committees that investigate all kinds of things uh, that are going on in Washington. And so the, um, the uh, Democrats are going to appoint members of their committees after the Republicans appoint theirs. And one of the things that Democrats are planning on doing, they want to appoint uh, Elon Omar, Elon Omar as um, uh, a member of the uh, Foreign Relations Committee. Oh, wow. She's uh, great at that, in huh? Israel. Now, Kevin McCarthy has pledged to remove Omar from the House Foreign Affairs Committee, okay, which Democrats intend to assign her to, a move that would require a majority vote for the full House. That means the full House has to vote to remove a member of a committee from the committee. Do you so, think that'll happen? I don't know. There's 222 Republican members of the House. You need, they, need 218, they need 218 votes. Right. I don't know. I don't know who those 218 people are. I guess we'll see. Well, this morning there was a two-alarm fire in a six-story apartment building on Penn Street in Williamsburg. Hatzala was dispatched. Uh, they dispatched ambulances from Williamsburg, Lower East Side, Crown Heights, Flatbush, and Bar Park. Mm-hmm. Um, as of 829 this morning... Kola Olam reported to please daven for Rechel Bas Hinda, a patient who was in traumatic arrest from the, the morning's fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should definitely keep those uh, keep those people in mind, keep that name in mind when davening. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other story that I want to mention is obviously the other day there was a mass shooting in California in Monterey 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 Park Monterey California Monterey California, and um, the perpetrator had taken his own life uh i believe the crime was committed primarily against an asian well it was sect uh, of people uh, and it was committed by an asian and a celebrating chinese new year yeah it's the lunar new year and uh, i guess the victims were all uh, asian chinese and the shooter was uh, chinese and um I don't know. I mean, yeah, the news is going to fall over themselves asking about motive. Do you need a motive? Well, I think they they had they they said I saw it reported somewhere that uh, the suspect, seventy-two year old Hu Kan Tran, yeah, he he said that they he felt like they were saying bad things about him that they were Uh making fun of him. Uh uh So the first the first. uh, first impression of this crime is sort of he. It doesn't seem like he was someone who was mentally, mentally all there, um, right. well, and that's an unfortunate circumstance of somebody who's not well getting their hands on a on a firearm and yeah, committing a crime. People, ten people killed, ten people injured. And there, I think it was a second shooting someplace also in Louisiana. Not also also in California, same night. No, in Louisiana. Uh, also at a uh, same kind of uh, same kind of club. 
Uh, 12 people were hospitalized after being shot in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Any good stories? Do you have anything good? Well, okay, first of all, you know, it's Yeshiva week, okay? Or as we We say- We spoke about Yeshiva week already. All right, but but we're in Yeshiva week. This is officially Yeshiva week now. No, half Yeshiva week. The other half is next week. They separate. This is Rashi or Tysus? All the street here in the five towns, the streets are empty. It looks like I don't know. I don't know. It took me find. It took me time to find parking. No, you no, found it's parking not, right now. It's not like the first day of Yontif or something like that. <laughs> I was in the bank this morning, right across the street. There's nobody there. The guys were all playing with their phones. They were playing games with their phones. Uh, playing Tetris or backgammon. I don't, I don't think people playing. play Tetris anymore. Abba. Backgammon. They're playing backgammon with some guy in the Middle East. So <laughs> you could play. You could. You could play backgammon or Scrabble on your phone. Is that what you do? No, I don't do that. But I don't have time to do that. I'm not interested in doing that. I'm saying the streets are empty. You're right. You're right. Parking is still a problem. Yeah. Why is parking a problem? I don't know. Maybe the cars are here from before they left. They just put their. I have. I'm doing a story this week called um, Yeshiva Week, coming and going. It's a great yeah. story about. I think it's a great story. I'm still in the middle of writing it um, uh, about some some people that leave Thursday night. People left last Thursday night to um, to Florida, for example, and what they had to deal with. Um, we know some people, I don't know if you are privy to the story, but they're in the airport on Thursday night for a 7.30 flight. They finally boarded at 8.30. I'm going to give away the whole story, but, you know. Please. By the time the paper comes out, they're going to forget this, uh, yeah. the, what we talked about. Uh, but um, they taxied out uh, to the, 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 the pilot announcer with number 10 for takeoff. You're busy with that. Yeah. I was once in a plane. I don't, it wasn't Yeshiva week, but I remember it was very windy. It was very windy, and they were using one runway at the airport at JFK. I think we were going to Florida. This goes back maybe 10 years. And the pilot says, we're at number 54 for takeoff. That's oh. the last thing you want to hear. So so what happened to this plane? They're number oh, 10. So this plane, they were taxiing for takeoff. The pilot said we're number 10. Not bad. Takeoff. Not bad. Then, no, but then about 15 minutes later, they started going back to the terminal, they said, because the crew, the, the pilot and the co-pilot uh, overworked too many hours. Oh, man. They had to... They had to so this was a 7:30 flight. At 9:45, they finally returned to the uh, to the gate, and everybody had to deplane. And then it was a Delta Airlines plane, and they announced that um, the plane's going to leave tomorrow morning at 11:15, Friday at 11:15, and the luggage is staying on the plane. So one guy said to me that I don't know either I'm going to make it tomorrow. Not, not on time for Shabbos, or I'm never going to see my luggage again. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. What ended up happening? Well, the, it it left the, the next day, pretty much on time. Eleventh, yeah. People got to people. It was a it was a packed yeshiva week. Time to spare. You know, you get there probably two three o'clock. And, yeah, and, and, and Shabbos starts an hour later in Florida. Okay, all right. Shabbos started around five thirty, so I think everyone got to where they had to go by two thirty three o'clock. Right, but it's a little bit of a harrowing experience. You want to hear something even worse? Sure. <laughs> I hate to one up your story, but I was uh, perusing the social network last night, and uh, this video surfaced. I don't, you're laughing; you don't even know what I'm talking about. But this is the most Spirit Airlines story you'll ever hear in your entire life. The pilot gets up there; they're about to uh, they're about to taxi onto the runway. They're by the terminal still, and he said that the crew before them didn't inform them that the restroom is on the plane are out of order. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. we're not going to cancel the flight, he said. We don't want to yeah. cancel the flight. Yeah. What we are going to do is yeah. whoever needs to go to the bathroom, yeah. right now head to the terminal. Okay. And then come back on the plane and okay. then once everyone's ready, we'll we'll go. Okay. I will uh, 
I hope they didn't serve any drinks on the flight. I don't even know what to say, but you're going on a multi-hour flight with no going? restrooms aboard. I don't know, but they're not flying for 40 minutes. They're going to South Africa. It's 15 hours. No, I'm <laughs> sure it was a domestic flight. Let's say, let's assume it was a two and a half hour oh flight. Oh my God. I, first of all, I would leave that plane. I would not go onto that flight. Right. I would not go on that flight. Because right. if the bathroom's not working, you don't know what else isn't working. Yeah, first of all, yeah. Like, uh, that's, that's A. I didn't think about that. that that's A. <laughs> but B is like, so I'm 36,000 feet in the air and you need to go to the bathroom. Now what? Like, like can we can we pull over? Like, no. no. So what what happened? They left. They, they took off. I don't know. I don't know how many. Uh, people far away from that. I don't know how many people had issues during the flight. Should I pull up the video for you? The video of what? Oh, the pilot. I'm making the announcement. Yes. <laughs> I, I I got I like. Can you, you imagine want, spirit? Post a video. Post a video. I want to see. Know. I want to see if I can find it. Maybe I'm making up the whole story as it is. Like maybe I'm making up the entire story. I was in I was in Chestnut Ridge for Shabbos and a guy stopped me on the street. Yeah. So I got, I don't even know who the guy is. I gotta tell you, I love the Daily Thread. You know. Oh so, yeah. Someone so. stopped me in in Shul also. One second. It was the same guy. Now I can't find it. Do you think it happened? I don't know. Would you dream it? You dreamed it up. Maybe maybe it wasn't Spirit Airline bathroom. So let me tell you something <laughs> else uh, before we uh, conclude. Okay. I can't find the story now. Okay. Maybe maybe they took it down from the internet. Yeah, I doubt it. Okay. Let me, let me see what time it is. Okay. Let me tell you something else. Please. About Yeshiva Week. Uh, you're very you're very obsessed with Yeshiva Week. I like the whole idea. I like the whole idea. I think someone's gonna. I think I'm gonna, someone's gonna write a book about Yeshiva Week or No Yeshiva Week, one of these days. Anyway, did you see the letter from Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg? No. Uh, about Yeshiva Week? Did so not. We love Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg, and I'm a big admirer of his personally and the Boca Raton Shul, Boca Raton Synagogue. Uh, it's a it's it's a great it's it's a just a revolution there in Boca Raton, um, and um, Boca Raton or Boca Raton? I don't know, whatever you want, uh, Boca Raton. Um, and uh, so he wrote a letter that people that the Floridians prepare for Yeshiva Week. Are you listening? Yeah. But the, the Floridians, people who live in Florida all year round, they prepare yeshiva for yeshiva like, like they prepare for a hurricane. <laughs> they go into the supermarket. They got water, <laughs> toilet they paper. They stock up on stuff because they know everything's going to be cleaned out. So he wrote this letter, amongst other things, I don't have it in front of me, but he said that we should be welcoming to the people, which I uh, took that to mean mostly from New York. And he said, uh, when, you're, when you stop at a light, when the light turns green, don't blow your horn right away. You know, give the person in front of you a chance to start. You're moving. saying that people in New York should be nice yeah, to the people yeah, in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Right, because yeah. you could you could be stopped by a red light in Florida, and it could turn green and red again, and nobody will honk. Yeah, but but in New York, you honk, you honk right away. You honk you the know? second it turns green. I mean, I was in I was in Florida last week, part of last week, and the week before, and I was in a supermarket. I was in Winn Dixie, and there was a checkout person was very very slow. And there was a person in front of me, and I, I, I was looking over to see how much more stuff. Yeah. And the woman turned around to look to see what I'm doing. I said, listen, I'm trying not to act like I'm from New York. I know, I know, I know <laughs> I was fidgeting a little bit too much. If you're on a checkout counter in a supermarket in Florida, just stand there and wait. Or do Instacart. <laughs> I don't know, just stand there. You know what Instacart anyway. is, Abba? What? You know what Instacart, I know what Instacart you is? You do? Yeah, of course I know what it is. They never send you what you order. They all send you substitutions. We got. We were at Instacart yesterday. This guy comes to my door with these bags. Bags. Yeah, did he send you what you wanted, what you ordered? Yeah, I think so. And he said, this is my first time doing this. Oh, really? I'm like, oh, welcome to the job. He's like, I'm a mailman. Did, <laughs> so, did, you, did you welcome him in? I did not welcome him anyway, in, no. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Goldberg writes that you shouldn't honk your horn just as soon as the light 
turns uh, green. Okay. And I think uh, someone once, a comedian once said that the scientists did a study of the shortest amount of time that could be measured. And he, he discovered that the shortest amount of time is when the time the light turns red to green and the guy honks his horn behind you. That's the shortest amount of time ever measured. They start honking, not blowing the horn right away. And Rabbi Goldberg writes in his letter, also, if, if you're parking and there's white lines, park within the white lines. Uh, it's funny because Rabbi Goldberg is from here. He's from New York. Yeah, so he knows he knows both sides of the uh, of the coin, I guess. He does. He knows both sides of the story. He does. But, you know, it's very interesting. Everybody behave. That's that's pretty much it. Everyone behave. Everybody. And if everybody you're going to school, in Florida, don't block people in. This Every, is not Landau's. That's right. Everybody, you know, I went to, I have to tell you, I went to Avart last night here in the Five Towns, and there was no parking in the parking lot. It was a big parking lot, and I couldn't find a parking space. There's no parking on the street, and there was no parking in the lot, yeah. and it was raining. So I just parked next to a car. I started, like, another row. It wasn't, I wasn't blocking Look at anybody. You. I wasn't blocking anybody, but I parked next to a car that was already parked. Would you believe it? When I came out to get my car a half hour later, there was four cars. I started a whole Look new Look where road. you started. There was, four, there was four cars behind me. Nachshon Ben Aminadov over here. Anyways, everybody, that's our episode for today. Today, which is January 23rd, Monday, a rainy day. Hopefully, it's sunny somewhere where you are. One of these are. days. One of these um, We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment on YouTube, and we will see you again tomorrow with another episode of The Daily Thread.